Imagine loving your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, and I am so glad to be with you here again for this week's episode, which is another interview in my series called Getting Real with Women in the Middle. Getting Real introduces you to real-life women in the middle who have made a big change and figured out how to love their midlife. Today's interview is not in my cedar closet. It's with my guest in her home in Toronto in her kitchen, actually, and I mention this because you might hear a few unusual noises here and there. There might even be a sound that sounds a little bit like a smoke detector. No worries. It is just a pet African gray parrot named Congo. (laughs) All right. Now, before we dive in, if this is your first episode of Women in the Middle, I'd just like to say how awesome it is that you found us and that you're here. Women in the Middle is about actionable life coaching for women in their 50s, designed to help with career boredom, career change, midlife crisis, transition, and empty nest issues, all from a mindfulness perspective. And the truth is, it doesn't really matter how old you are to get something out of this podcast, but lots of our examples and references will be related to midlife, this age and stage. What we're really doing is helping older and wiser women get excited about their lives again because I know it's no surprise to you that getting older comes with a few bumps along the road. If you haven't done so yet, head over to www.susierosenstein.com forward slash midlife funk to grab your copy of my free ebook, 10 Surprisingly Simple Ways to Bust Out of Your Midlife Funk. This will totally get you going. While you're surfing around my website, you'll also see how to work with me. So if you are frustrated and stuck and know that it's time to make a change, but you aren't sure where or how to start, you should totally book a free 20-minute insight call and see how you can benefit from coaching with me. Just go to www.susierosenstein.com and hover over the About tab. You'll see Free Session on the drop-down menu. Click there, and you can book straight into my calendar. It is super easy, and I can't wait to see your name in there so we can connect. All right, ladies, let's get going. Today's Getting Real interview is with someone I'm really excited for you to meet. She's an orthopedic surgeon with a thriving Toronto medical practice by day and a performing and recording musician with a band at night. She has totally figured out how to add to her life so her profession doesn't consume her. I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome Jackie Auguste to the Women in the Middle podcast. Jackie, please tell me a bit about what was going on in your 40s. My 40s? Oh my God. My 40s. So I just started my practice here in Toronto as an orthopedic surgeon because when you go through school, med school, residency, fellowship, it takes for friggin' ever. So by the time you get through that, you're like 40. There isn't a guy, a girl, a, you know, a frog, anybody who can get through medical school, residency, and fellowship who's not in their 40s because that's how long it friggin' takes. Wow. So in my 40s, I had decided that now it was time to build my practice. All of my friends had already finished all of their undergrads and they were like in business. 
in whatever other metier they were doing. And they had probably started already raising families, doing the things they wanted to do, buying houses, you know, doing the mortgage, several mortgages. They were like on their third mortgage. And me, I was just like starting. Mm. So for me, I had already had a litter before <laughs> I started med school because I was early 20s when I had my first two kids. And then I waited until I was finished my fellowship. So that's the third thing you do becoming a doctor before I started having my like final litter. And I had another child. So I had three kids ranging, you know, with a 14 year gap. And now I was building my practice, uh, raising kids, being a single mom because I was never good at relationships. And, you know, working here in Toronto after growing up on a farm. So that was, my, that was did, my 40s. And where did you grow up? Where was this farm? Camrose, Alberta. And it, what's that near? Nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously. So it's between Edmonton and Calgary uh, in the middle of nowhere. Okay. So it was a small community? Yeah, very small. So, but I am a fourth generation doctor in that community. But I did not want to stay there. I wanted to move, you know, to a bigger city and have some more fun, do something interesting and not just like be stuck in this whole thing that was like my birthright where I would have to take over the same uh, practice and sort of be in the same life that all of my forefathers had done. You know, I was the first female that had been there. Everybody before me, the other th three generations were all males and I just, I, you know, was, I love cameras. It's my favorite place to be. But I wanted to bring my kids into an a, into a community where they would be able to do whatever they wanted. They wouldn't be just pigeonholed into doing figure skating and hockey and skiing and that was it. That's so interesting. And also I want to mention that when you were in your 40s, that's where we met. That's right. So Jackie and I uh, met because we were both in a community band. So I played saxophone in a community band and Jackie was over there wailing away on the drums just about That's a right. foot behind me, maybe not even a foot. <laughs> I was out behind her being the heckler. The heckler and you know drummers, they're just loud. So we tried our best not to. Do <laughs> so what's so interesting is that I have several clients who are physicians and what you said is so true that physicians in order to get where you're going you need to be super focused you need to be a high overachieving type of person and what typically happens is that with all of this focus lives tend not to be quite as well-rounded no. so when did you first start to think i don't know if just being a physician is going to be enough oh very early pretty much right away so I had this thing that I have, uh, I had goals. So in my twenties, I decided that I wanted to be, I wanted to be some kind of professional. I wanted to have also been some kind of media person. So what I did is I decided that before I was 30, I wanted to get a degree, have children, own a house and write a book. Oh, and I decided I want to have a TV show <laughs> all at the same time on a, a cable channel about interviewing people about lifestyles. And I was like, yeah, I did everything. Woohoo! I'm good to go. And then I achieved that and I was like, oh my God, now what? Mm. So even early on, you knew that diving into medicine, while it must've been fulfilling, I mean, you are an orthopedic surgeon for God's sake. Um, it was, it still wasn't enough that you had this other side of you. 
that well, was necessary. The 30s were like, for me, the 30s were like, okay, so you have to be part of the family tradition. So the family business for me is medicine. So as a fourth generation physician, I felt like I needed to do that. So I did all the things for myself in my 20s. And then when I became 30, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? So I went to med school. Nobody goes to med school at 30. <laughs> Nobody does that. I did it. I went to Calgary you know, for med school at 30 and I decided I was going to be a family doctor because I was too old to be a surgeon or anything that would take time, right? Isn't that funny that it doesn't matter how old you are, that that thought I'm too old can pop in and wreak havoc. It does. I was 29 when I got into med school. I'm like, oh, I can only be a family physician because it's going to take four or five years. I'll be fine. Uh, you know, if I'm going to do any specialty, it's going to take seven or eight or nine or 10 years. But as I got further into my training, I realized that I didn't want to be a family physician. I did not want to deal with runny noses and pap smears. For the most <laughs> I'm telling you, I was like a technician. I wanted to like break people's bones and recreate them. And I wanted to like mold people into different, you know, positions. And it just seemed like for me as an athlete at the time, uh, the other thing that I could do was to be an orthopedic surgeon because I could fix people that are broken and give them more function. So I went through the whole thing and I went through a long residency training program and a long fellowship. And I came out of that at 39 pregnant. <laughs> Exactly. Like shit. I'm sorry. It's okay. Pregnant and women in the middle can handle it. Oh pregnant and with like a whole bunch of letters behind my name and no job. Wow. No job. No so job. were you thinking about music yet or did that come? I've always later? been a musician. Since I was ten years old, I played the guitar. I never sang. I played the guitar, I played the piano, I played the drums, I played whatever. Whoever was like the cool person in my life, I played that thing. You know, I met a cool guy who played the sax, I played the sax. I met a cool guy who played the trumpet, I played the trumpet. I met a cool guy who played the drums, I played the drums. I mean, that was me. I was just like, well, that's cool. I can do it. And it's actually interesting because a lot of us as women, we are multi-talented, but we don't know it. That's right. But, you know, we have all the wrong reasons for doing things. It's the, it's the thinking. It's the yeah. thinking that gets in the way. You can't do this. You're too old to do that. That's, that's right. too hard. Don't, uh, you need to stay small. Oh, that's too much. That's, that's right. too much. You can't I can put just out. be this. I can just be mm -hmm. that. So even when I became an orthopedic surgeon, as like one of the only female surgeons in the friggin' country, all that I could say about myself is I can run across the parking lot in heels. <laughs> I was like, I can run with the boys because I can run across the parking lot in friggin' high heels. And I forgot the fact that I was winning awards for science and I was winning awards for my research and I was like getting job interviews and I was doing all of this stuff as a female in an absolutely male dominated community and still having blonde hair and being blue eyed and not like, like getting my tubes tied. That's another story from a, <laughs> let me tell you. We'll do that on another one. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, becoming like a lesbian and all the things that you would have to do to not be a typical orthopedic surgeon. You know, I was married, divorced, married again, two litters of kids, having been a professional figure skater and a skier, and then suddenly, you know, being in my early 30s in this zone where now I have to start a practice that's a business. I know nothing about business, right? Am I just going to let the guys direct everything I'm doing or am I going to actually take control of this? And I didn't. I did not take control of it until I was 40. 
Okay, so what is so interesting is that I, I hear so much creativity in everything that you say, creativity and goal setting. So it seems yeah. like those two parts of your personality have always been there. So then you get knee deep into your practice. You're a successful orthopedic surgeon in Toronto. And then the next thing I know, I see you on Facebook, you're performing. You're like, you've got a rock band. There's these amazing Facebook videos and live videos. You're recording, you've got albums and you're doing concerts. So what happened in between I'm building this practice and uh, now you're a, a thri thriving, you're an out there, you're a musician who yeah. is making it as a musician. What was going on in your brain to make that giant leap? I'll tell you, I got to, so like I was saying, at 30 I said, I have these goals to 30 and then I achieved them. I was like, what? Now yeah. what? Then I had some more goals at 40 that were totally professionally based around, around uh, medicine. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this fellowship. I'm going to get this job, etc. And then suddenly it occurred to me that I was done. I have no more goals. Wow. No, really, I was done. So I got the job I wanted. I was an orthopedic surgeon in a really awesome hospital. You know, the first fully digital hospital in North America. I had awesome patients. I had all the OR time. I could do whatever surgery that I wanted to do. I was highly trained. And I was like, I'm cool. Yeah, I'm cool. And from, I'm going to say this, from a guy's perspective, I'd be like, yeah, I rock. But I was like, I am so unhappy. Wow. Like I had just whatever, like I've done everything my dad wanted me to do, my grandfather wanted me to do, my mother wanted me to do, and here I am. Okay, so great. So your funk looks a little different than a lot of the midlife funk that um, many of my clients want to talk to me about. Your funk was not, um, you weren't as confused, I think, as many of my clients are. My clients are very frustrated about goals they haven't yet achieved. And what you're talking about is you were very highly motivated, very focused, very goal-oriented. You achieved a lot of goals, and now what? And now what? So I was so unhappy doing everybody else's goals for me. So I did the family business. I did what everybody expected me to do. I did all, I ticked the boxes. So my <laughs> mother used to say, check, check, check. Let's go to Tahiti, check. Let's go to Hawaii, check. Let's like, she went to the base camp of friggin' Everest. I, I haven't been there, but she, she was like this, right? She's passed away, but she was like this, check. You know, I've been to the wall of China, check. I have not, but she was. So that was my mother, you know, ticking my boxes. So I got to the point where, okay, I'm an orthopedic surgeon, I have a job. You know, it's like being tenured as a as a professor. Right. And it's like, okay, I'm great. So now what? Well, I'm like 39 years old. What do you do? And I, I realized that the one thing that I was missing in my life was all the artsy stuff that I really, that's my thing. Oh, and so many of my clients talk to me about that. I'm so an artsy many artsy artist. Yeah, you're clearly an artist. I am not a scientist. I did shit in physics. Like, really bad. I don't even know how I made it into med school, to be honest. So, somehow you did. <laughs> I know. I don't, I do not need physics to be an orthopedic surgeon. So do you, do you like, remember when you kind of went, you know what, this piece, this artsy creative piece is not as present in my life as I need it to be. Do yeah, you remember it? When I moved to Toronto immediately. Uh. So when I was in Calgary, I had a, 
I had a TV show, I was writing for The Sun, The Star, I was writing freelance stuff on medical things, that was my background. And I was having fun, you know, I was doing a lot of things that were sort of out of the box. And every once in a while they would ask me to do something that was totally not medical. And I would like be, you know, hosting a Klondike Days Parade or something, you know, just something fun, right? Klondike, I don't even know what Klondike I, is. Whatever, it's an amateur thing. It's an amateur, it's like, it's like uh, the stampede in Calgary. Oh, it's the okay. Everton okay, thing. Okay, got it, got it. <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh yeah, that's what I want to do. Or I started modeling. Oh my God, I modeled late. So many crazy things. But these are all arty things. Yeah. Artsy things. So I was 39. I'm like, all those artsy things I like to do, draw, drawing and singing and, and making songs and like all this shit. It was not happening. Because I was doing what I was supposed to do, which was being a doctor, mm -hmm. which I enjoyed. Like, I really enjoyed it. it was a, it's a great job, and I still do it. And I'm not going to leave it. But there's not a lot of art in it. Although orthopedic surgery has some art in the sense that you're re reconstructing and recreating somebody's functional abilities. But it's kind of a stretch. So <laughs> I was like, okay, so what's the one thing I'm missing? And I sat down one day, and I was like, just before I met you and I sat down one day, what am I missing? I'm missing music. I've always been a musician. So you actually identified it. Music. Yeah. Was it? I did not want to be, I did not, I was done with all of the physical stuff. I did not want to be a model, an actress. That was not anything that was really interesting to me. Some of that happened just by accident, but I never ever was interested in it. But I've always been a musician. So I was like, Okay, let me try this out. So one of my uh, assistants, which was our, you know, bandmate, he said, well, come to the, come to our band and play the drums. The drums, which is like my eighth music, like eighth uh, instrument. It's not my thing. So I started as an oboist, a flautist, a saxophonist, all these other things. And suddenly I'm a, a drummer. So that was like the last thing I'd ever done. Wow. I'm like, cool, that's fine. She I'm sounded happy. so good. I mean, she was less than a foot behind me. I couldn't fun. help but listen. Was <laughs> Drumming was, I'm telling you, I met a guy in high school and he was cute and I learned how to play the drums. Yeah, you got to watch all. out for those drummers. No. You know, a lot of what we do as females, I'm sorry to say, are based on, you know, the guys we like, the girls we like, the people that we look up to. And it might not just be a female thing. I think we're all like that. It's funny where the ideas come from. Yeah, like from wherever. Anyways, uh, and then I started in the Thornhill Community Band, and we did that for many years together. Yeah, right? we did it. Mm -hmm. And uh, played all Tuesday over the night. place, the Tuesday night thing. And then uh, I realized that I was missing the part of me that was a true musician the way that I saw it. I didn't want to just be a drummer for a concert band. Yeah, it was a concert band, so we would you know, have sheet music and, and we would do the uh, nursing home tour and, and we would play uh, like for Canada Day at a community venue. But it wasn't, um, it wasn't jazz and it wasn't improv yeah, it, no improvising. Yeah, these are awesome. They're awesome and they're fun. Yeah. Like super fun. But you're playing somebody else's music. Mm -hmm. So you're not creating your own music. You're not getting in there and directing anything. You're not sort of the um the director of your own art so i was like okay i'm leaving and we started our own group so who we is we okay me? you know how many people come up with an idea 
to have a band in the garage when you're 16. Most people in their 40s who are have busy medical practices do not say, you know what, I think I need to start a band. <laughs> well, I was fortunate in the fact that my husband is a drummer and a guitar player, has Andy, and one of my best friends who's one of our um, uh, co physicians over at Humber is a keys player who also plays like banjo and guitar and everything. So we started a band called Across the Board because it really was. It was like people from like a crazy cross section. Um, my daughter's friends, uh, our friends, people from work, those ages that range from 19 at the time to like 60. And so we called it Across the Board and we started a YouTube channel and we started doing these pick up and play covers and uh, then we started writing our own music and it just snowballed from there. So I'm gonna pause here for a second because I want Jackie to introduce one of her songs and it's going to, uh, we'll just lead right into it. So which song do you want to feature on the podcast? So this is a song off of our newest EP called Amends. It's called Don't Drag Me Down and it was featured on the uh, International Women's Day website in 2017. Awesome. So enjoy this song and then we'll finish the interview just after.
All right, that was so beautiful. Thank you so Thank much you. for sharing it. I'm so glad that I have this song. included on the podcast. All right, so now you pull together this band across the board, and you have a like a mix of people who've never played together before. Now, again, you don't just decide to keep it in the garage or to keep it in the basement studio. You take it out and you start performing. Tell me a little bit about that. So that was scary. It sounds scary. Yeah, because I have always been a performer in the sense of figure skating or being in the OR, whatever. There's always a, or, you know, with us, right, with Thornhill Community Band, there's always been a performance element. But when you become the lead singer in a band that you are playing, where you wrote the music, it's like, oh my God, does anybody even know what I'm doing? Is this good? Do they like it? Does, is it relevant? Is it up to date? Talk Am about mind chatter. Sixties. <laughs> no, I was born in you know in the late sixties. Is that where I am now? And um, so you're you're smack dab in the middle. You just turned fifty this year. I did. So I I'm like, love right in the middle. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So um, it's one thing. I mean, it's no surprise that you had doubt. When most of us have doubt, even if we're not doing it something new. <laughs> but what's so interesting is that. These thoughts create feelings. So I wonder how you overcome, you overcame all of these, this doubt and questioning to continue to move forward because you are happening, my friend. I'm going to take it back to when I was like 14. I, I learned this at 14. This is not something new. I learned this at 14. And this is not something that you need to learn when you're 14. You can learn this at any age. But I learned this at 14. So picture this. There is a stadium of 1,000 people around you and a cold sheet of ice. And you are in a skimpy skating dress and tights and little skates and you're shivering. And you skate out into the middle and there's judges on the side and all these people staring at you and it's quiet, like silent, like dead silent. And you're waiting for your music to start and you're in some kind of pose before you're going to take off and do four minutes of a crazy program that you may fall, you may like forget, you may just like totally like, like break a leg in, like in the sense of actually physically breaking a physical bone. <laughs> and you know, you're waiting for your music to start and there's nothing, there's silence. And all these people are looking at you and it's cold and you're half naked. Think about that for about 10 seconds. I'm sweating. And then the music starts and the music is fast and you have to be on beat. So you can't wait. You have to start with the start of the music. So that feeling before my music started on the ice at the age of 14 is the most stressful thing that can ever happen to me ever in my life. Hmm. And that's the same thing that happens before we start playing on stage before I start a total hip replacement, before I walk down an aisle of some sort of thing that I have to do a speech at, before I, before this camera turns on, before this thing recorder turns on, it's the same thing. And what's the thought that you practice thinking to propel you forward? There's two. I can either fucking run away or I can say, okay, just try me. Here we go. So just try me? Just try me. 
I'm here. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do. So that's a really powerful yeah. thought because it, it obviously, Bring it on. yeah, it you rise to the challenge and yeah. you, you go. Bring it on. So how many years has it been now since you've been performing and recording? So 2013, we started our YouTube channel. We, uh, we didn't actually, we stayed in the basement for a couple of years. Uh, the only performing that I was doing was as a drummer for you behind your chair for <laughs> many years. Band. And then uh, in about 2016, we, we had written our own songs and we started gigging and we got featured at Canadian Music Week. We got, we did a Canadian tour. Um, we got a couple of international music awards for indie songs and uh, yeah, so we're at our third album now that's coming out in April. So where can people find you? Of course, I'll put all the links in the show yeah. notes, but across the board music.ca. You can see everything. there. Wow. I mean, as Jackie is going through this list of things that she's doing, I mean, if you're watching the video, you can see that I'm kind of just my jaws dropping on podcast. You can't see it, but this kind of stuff would scare me half to death. But what is so important is that you recognize that you weren't fulfilled and you figured out what you needed and you did it anyway. And that is really the core of the podcast. With women in the middle, we get to a certain age and stage. Sometimes it's stage, sometimes it's age, but we have this feeling that life is passing me by, that if I don't make a change, I may have regrets, that sort of thing. And you recognize that music was missing and you did something that is like completely unbelievable to most people. It's one thing just to write, it's another thing just to record, but to perform, just crazy. So I'm wondering what advice you could give to other women in the middle out there who have an idea that seems far-fetched, but that they recognize that they think they need to move in that direction. So it's actually quite simple. Who do you see yourself being as the ultimate, absolute pinnacle of your life? You want to be a rock star. You want to be a well-known podcaster who's a guru in something like yourself. You want to be a award-winning writer. You want to be a reality show host. You want to be the best mother. You want to be the best daughter. You want to be the best daycare owner, the best business owner, an entrepreneur who people ask for advice. It just could be anything. It could be you want to be the best seamstress. You want to be the best cook. Like it doesn't have to be something on the society level of awesome. It could be just what you think you want to be. It could be, I want to be the person who makes the best lasagna in the world. So write that on the top of a page and then just start doing it. Just be that person. Oh Very my simple. gosh. That is such good advice. Just that be it's it. really in the doing. It's the doing that most of us get these ideas and we don't even take the baby step. No. But what you're talking about is really thinking about your future self and what advice would you give your future self if another year rolled around, if five more years rolled around and you still weren't doing that thing, even a baby step in that direction. Yeah. That's where regrets come the from. The baby steps are simple. Just start Googling who, people, who these people are that do the thing that you want to do and then look at their history. How did they do it? And then just copy them. It's simple. <laughs> it's not hard. There's a million people that have done that before you. Just keep do, doing what they're doing. So Tony Robbins says, if you don't like the state you're in, just be the state you want to be. Just so good. And change it. You're, you're unhappy. You're depressed. You feel like you're in a funk. What would a person feel like who's not in a funk? And then just flip and just be that. For oh, I love it. That's such good advice. 
So I would like to ask you, is there anything that you would like to promote? Oh, no, not really. I just want to promote you. Oh, awesome. my God, you're the best. Well, I would like to share you guys, and I'll put it in the show notes. Jackie and I have had the best morning together. We've done something that she ha does regularly on her Facebook page, which is called Kitchen Sessions. So we've been cooking together, and there will be video of it. And in the intermissions of the cooking, and today we made matzo ball soup. We did. And I um, can't wait to eat it, because we've been waiting. So there's live music in the middle of the cooking. It's so much fun. So I will include that link in the show notes. I encourage you guys to check Jackie out. She is happening across the board is amazing. And I just want to thank you so much, Jackie, for sharing your story with women in the middle. One thing we know for sure is that we are not alone. We have to stick together. We have to learn from each other. And your story is so unusual and so inspiring. So that's it for this episode. If you like what you've heard, just head over to Women in the Middle podcast on iTunes and leave me a review. Check out the show notes with more information and links at www.susierosenstein.com. Jackie, will you come back another time? Oh, for sure. But you have to come back in my kitchen. I will. We're and bring gonna... your saxophone. Oh my gosh. This she's is a, a musician. She won't tell you this, but she's a musician. <laughs> I'm going to force her to fulfill the musical part of her. Whatever. What do you call it? Uh, it's my, it's my passion. That's right. My passion project. Exactly. Oh, it's so her funny because project. you know, with this podcast, I always sign off by saying let's do one scary thing at a time or let's there do one go. exciting thing at a time that we're only one thought away um, from doing these things. So Jackie just, she you. just scared me half to death. <laughs> so let's do this ladies one thought at a time. Thanks so much for listening. Awesome. Bye guys.